about the uh, LBGT awareness and the things that are out there, the, the reality TV society in which we live in. Then you got honors classes and homework and, you know, your uh, AP classes as well as music lessons, singing lessons, dancing lessons, and since we're in Los Angeles, obviously acting lessons. Right. <laughs> um, now moms have to be momagers in addition to everything else. Um, it, it's a very complex thing that you all and a weight and a burden that you guys are under. Thinking about that and even thinking about some of us older folks and what some of our mothers did for us, if you had to pull it out and give your mom or you had to give yourself a report card, how would your mom rate? Would she be an A student? Or would she be a D, C, E? They'll make E's, I guess. You know, how would you rate her? <laughs> so, you know, when we look at it that way, I just wanted to make sure that I started off and said that there really is no perfect mother. And we're going to look at an illustration today to kind of point to that. So the title of the discussion I'm going to have today is An Imperfect Mother with an Imperfect Faith. Um, Genesis 21 and 1 says that the Lord kept his word and did for Sarah exactly what he promised. Yes. I'm going to read that again. Yes. The Lord kept his word and did for Sarah exactly what he promised. Yes. Imperfect. What does imperfect mean? Well, it is defined as something that is relating to or characterized by defects or weakness. Furthermore, it's even talked about as something that is lacking completeness. What is faith? Well, the dictionary defines faith as complete trust or confidence in someone or something, or a strong belief in God or in the doctrines in a religion based on spiritual apprehension rather than proof. Well, the Bible defines it this way in Hebrews 11 and 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Yeah. Think about that. The substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Four quick takeaways I want to make sure that I leave you with today as I weave in and out of this. And believe it or not, I'm going to try to cover more than 25 years in less than 20 minutes or so. <laughs> Point number one, Sarah, who, is who we're going to be speaking about today, had an imperfect husband. She also had an imperfect family. She was an imperfect mother. And she had an imperfect faith. I know some of you all are looking at me going, what is this and how, you know, never heard that about Sarah and where is he going? It's widely known that Abraham is the father of our faith. Um, he is, when you think of faithfulness, Abraham comes to mind. But when you really walk through kind of the timeline of Abraham's life, you'll see that it was a roller coaster ride relative to his faithfulness. Matter of fact, the more I read and the more I got into this, I started questioning how is he the first person we think about when we think about faith? But I think there's a lesson in that. And if you'll bear with me for a little bit, I think we'll get there. But more so than looking at it from Abraham's perspective, I figured this morning we would take a look and take a walk and look at it for, from Sarah's perspective, since it is Mother's Day after all. Yeah. 
How y'all like my picture, my drawing? <laughs> you all have to know that um, I am getting a little more comfortable, and I am not a overall uh, prankster, and I understand the word of God is nothing to play with, but I do like to have fun. So, yes, I did pull my crayons out, and this is what I came up with. I figured it would make my little man right here at least happy, knowing he can at least draw better than I can. So from a woman's point of view, we're going to focus in on Sarah in this walk that we just talked about, the timeline that we typically talk about and see in the Bible. There's Sarah and Abraham. They were both married. I see y'all are laughing. My Abraham didn't get much better than my Sarah, right? All right, okay. I feel The key thing that comes right out when you start discussing Sarah was the fact that she was barren, meaning that she had no children. A lot of us are carrying around that specific burden. Others of us are carrying around burdens that may not be that, but it's something else. One thing about Sarah is the fact, and this is a diagram that I've always held on to, and I've seen a few different versions of it. But it really focuses and talks about how Jesus being the head of your household and then the husband's role and then therefore protecting the wife and the children and just the perfect alignment of the way godly households should be. Amen. The one thing you can say consistently throughout this walk that we're going to take with Sarah is she was always in alignment with her husband, at least at the end of the day. Now, she may have had some stern words and some challenges behind the scenes, but when the dust settled, she was within alignment. Now, I'm not going to say that he didn't periodically tilt his umbrella a little to the left and get a little water and things on him, but obviously, um, she kept herself in alignment and remained faithful to her role and her duty. So, I told you I was going to talk about the imperfect husband. As I read deeply, and, and I'd ask you all as a homework assignment, please go back and read or let your Bible app read to you uh, Genesis, the 11th chapter through the 23rd chapter. I think you'll find a lot of just meat there, a lot of things that you'll be able to walk away with. Um, imperfect husband. This was an occasion, the first occasion, in which uh, Abraham didn't tell the whole truth, I'll put it that way. You know, from, from all accounts, Sarah was an extremely beautiful woman. When I say extremely, I'm talking about killers and kings were coming after this woman at age 65 and then again even at age 90. The Bible says she was un-rarely beautiful. And so with that being said, and even going back to this diagram here, there were often times where knowing kind of how men were looking at her and how they were coming at her, Abraham didn't always stand up and do the right thing to protect his wife. As they were leaving Egypt, as the scripture to go states, and I think everything about to sidebar everything about today's services just flowed right in line with each other from the songs and the meanings to Rod's testimony to the presentation they gave you all I mean I, I think we are in the right place at the right time yeah. um, with that being said uh, 
Scripture to go basically says that, you know, Abraham obeyed God and he was told to leave his home where they were comfortable. Imagine what you all ladies would do if your husband came home and said, we moving. Right? 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 What? Yeah, I heard from God and we're moving. You know, one thing that occurred to me as I kept going through this is I looked, Pastor Fields, I looked throughout this and I counted probably 23 or so occasions where God spoke to Abraham or God appeared to Abraham. And I'm thinking to myself, from Sarah's perspective, God didn't tell me anything. You know, what kind of woman does it take to stand up and follow and do what it is that they're being called to do as a family unit? Only a woman that honors this type of dynamic, right? Moving forward after the uh, denying that he was his wife, <laughs> there was the Hagar episode. And what basically happened in a nutshell is God came and promised Abraham a son. God's promise. God is faithful to his promise. But to make a long story short, because of her advanced age, and trying to help God out. You know, a lot of times we try to help God out, thinking that we're somehow going to assist God with what it is that he has in store for us. And what we'll do is we'll manipulate situations. We'll take a sign that ain't really a sign and we'll turn it into something and we'll try to progress it and manufacture things. But the one thing that I realized is that you can't take something natural and fleshly and try to produce a supernatural promise and result. Do you hear what I'm saying? So in an effort to try to help God alone, and Abraham didn't object, um, slightly, slightly, I wouldn't, hey, I wouldn't advise the brothers in the room to try it. <laughs> Um, they basically created family issues, you know. You think about it. In Genesis, we had the first reality TV show going. This was the Real Housewives back in that period of time. Right, right. Not only did his union with her create Ishmael, it also created an entire lineage of descendants that at some point would be in contention and there would create a contentious situation. So again, I'm only throwing this out to say that I know the people in this room have issues where your families aren't completely clean and everything isn't exactly the way you want it to be. You know, we all have a family member or an uncle or a cousin or a sister or a brother that, you know, may not look like everybody else, you know, if truth is told, but we don't really talk about that. But again, I'm throwing this out to say that Sarah had an imperfect family. Let me stop and say, the reason I'm even going down this road and the reason why I feel like God was leading me here and the further I dug, the more it just became clear. I know a lot of ladies in the room, the one thing we have in common in this entire room is we all, A, have mothers or were someone's child. 
one of those two is the exact thing for everybody in the room. And I know a lot of ladies are carrying around the burden of, how do I get it all done? How do I take care of my kids? How do I get my business off the ground? How do I be this perfect being? And I'm here to bring a, a message of good news and hope that you don't have to be perfect. The person that you'll see will be known as the mother of our faith. The mother of nations wasn't perfect. Amen. She didn't have a perfect husband. Mm -hmm. And you know what? She didn't have a perfect family. Amen. Again, she was barren with no children and 90 years old. But God made a promise to her saying that you're going to have Amen. a child. <laughs> Listen. I put that diagram up there just for the simple fact for you to see it and to really visualize how factually impractical this thought must have been. It would have been impossible. You couldn't have said and brought this scenario to any one of you all in private in this room and had you all believe that it would happen. Isn't that right, Sister Clara? You, you would definitely doubt that this could be the case. But once again, we serve an all-powerful God, and he made a promise. Mm -hmm. And as we'll see in this and many other instances, I think there are actually 8,000 instances of promises in the Bible. He's faithful to his promises. Amen. With the imperfect faith there, when someone tells you something like this, your faith is a little shaky, especially, like I say, if you're not, getting the one, if you're not the one getting the direct word yourself, especially, it makes it even harder. Um, once again, even after the promise of having a child, within a year, I was absolutely floored to realize that, once again, good old Abraham could be counted on to pass his wife off as his sister. Wow. Talking about an imperfect husband. Mm -hmm. Ladies, I think there's a message here for those of you who are married or who are even aspiring to be married or even have challenges in your relationship. If the father of our faith didn't always stand up and do the right thing, but yet she remained faithful. I think there's a lesson in that. Again, this isn't giving a carte blanche for men to go and act a fool and do irresponsible things, but as long as their heart is right and they're trying to be in alignment with God, I think I'm just trying to illustrate for the whole church family that everything about life isn't as perfect as we try to pretend to make it to be. And I think when that happens, a lot of times we create additional barriers and almost a sense of idolatry trying to be perfect, trying to have the right car, live in the right neighborhood, send your kids to the right school. They need to be in the right uh, honors presentation. I mean, just imagine the burden that that puts on us as a family and especially you all as mothers. Again, the mother of our faith didn't have those things. As always, as I stated back going even looking at the verse Genesis um, 21 um, and uh, lost it. Yes, thank you. Uh, Genesis 21 and 1, God is faithful and he did what he promised to do. Amen. She had a child. But I had an imperfect mother there because I wanted to talk right here about how she laughed. She laughed when he told them that this was going to happen. But ultimately, she ended up laughing a second time, but it was a laughter of joy as she held uh, Isaac in her arms. Now, here's a little bit of my humor and my comedy, in a sense. 
Um, so imagine you waited and you're 90 years old and you've been given a promise and your promise and God has fulfilled your promise. And you being faithful, being in alignment, being in your position, just as happy as you can be. And uh, you hear about this sacrifice that almost happened. Imagine how that conversation went, right? As one example and illustration, imagine uh, Sarah said, hey, hon, how was your day? Abraham said, well, you know, I tried to sacrifice Isaac earlier today, but God provided a ram. I imagine that would be somewhat of what her reaction, right? Even further, if you look at it from Isaac's perspective, imagine how he must have felt once you got up there with the wood and everything else. You're like, man, come on. Again, even in that instance, I show the fact that being honorable in a challenging situation, understanding what your role was, being an imperfect mother with an imperfect faith, married to an imperfect man, still standing in the position and playing the role that God would have you play for your family. To make a long story short, not only did she have Isaac, but she also became the mother of our faith in many generations and even the descendant all the way to Jesus. Now imagine that from being barren at 90 years old to going through everything, having your husband, you know, you've been to a Pharaoh, you've been off with Abimelech's harem, you've had all kinds of craziness going on, right? This is another diagram I've seen and I've grabbed. And it's a couple different ways to look at this. I want to look at it the first way. You know, a lot of times we think this is what our plan is and how it should be. But in fact, this is actually the plan that God has for us. That's powerful, isn't it? Here's another view of it. I flipped it and I said, look at it this way. What if you had a perfect faith and you, instead of opening up the bicycle, dad's in the room, and ending up five hours later and seven parts extra later yes. with a bike that might work, you decided, hey, let me read the instruction manual up front and figure out exactly what needs to happen step by step. What if if we follow God's plan and listen to his instruction book and his word and kept ourselves close and in alignment to him, this is the way our road would really look. But our reality ends up being something like this. You know why? Because you dated that girl you know you didn't have nothing to do with. And you know what? You had to learn and strengthen and, and, and figure out faith-based wise, why did I miss the mark there? And your mama told you don't invest money with that dude. Matter of fact, your daddy told you don't be in the car with those type of people. You look up and 
maybe you married the wrong person for the wrong reasons. All of these examples are just, all of these examples are just a way to kind of say, you can look at this from both angles. I want to kind of go in just a slight different uh, way for just a moment here. You know, because Mother's Day is complicated and there's a varying degree of, you know, what your mother means, meant, may not be here anymore, or even some conflict and struggle that may still exist or may have existed in the past. You can look at things from two different ways. You can look at it from the mother's perspective and continue to crucify someone for not being a perfect mother. But you can also look at it from the kid's perspective and say that God has allowed you to grow, mature your faith so that you can be strengthened in order to carry on and carry on your own life and your own family and your own salvation. Amen. And obviously, some of us have had grandmothers and aunts, as Pastor mentioned earlier, who have stepped up and played roles. That's not to be discounted at all. So again, I just think it's an it's a opportunity for us all to take a look inward. Here's another diagram that I put in that's just in line with what we're talking right now. I'm sorry for keep putting y'all's guys' eyes out. I just realized that. God's plan big masterful estate and here we have a little stick he will do exceedingly abundantly above what we can hope and dream the problem that happened throughout the Abraham Sarah saga was they were looking with human eyes they were looking at the facts and they were allowing the facts to affect their faith What is the activator? Well, the activator is faith. Ephesians 2 and 8 says, For by grace, which God's remarkable compassion and favor drawing you to Christ, that you have been saved, actually delivered from judgment, given eternal life through faith, and this salvation is not yourselves, not through your own effort, but through the undeserved, gracious gift of God. Again, I want to point out, faith and undeserved, gracious gift of God. You don't have to be perfect, mothers in the room. You don't have to be perfect, children in the room. I think I got everybody with those two, mothers and children, right? But you would be a, one of those two. I would check the box on one of those two if, if I just only put those two out there, right? Amen. Activator. Yeah. I couldn't resist. And I'm actually just in the interest of time and looking at it and also looking at Brother Stevenson's new podiums and things and, and, and decoration. I'm not going to do what I had pre prepared to do, but being a... Well, being a chemical engineer, obviously, I had a little experiment that was going to just show you that God's promise is sitting there, just like a jar of water. Yeah. It's sitting there. It's been there your whole life. You all know in your heart of hearts when you're quiet and nobody else around what the promise that God has for your life is. You know it. Ain't nobody got to ask you about it. You know what it is. But it's been sitting there your whole life. But the reality of it is... Faith is the activator. Yeah. 
you haven't amassed or grown or have strong enough or assembled enough faith in order to activate the promises that are in your life. So in the experiment, it would look like a normal jar of water. But, uh, you know, and I may do it after church for, for those that stick around, but, you know, <laughs> a little sprinkle of faith and all of a sudden it's foaming and overblowing and just overfilling and overflowing. It becomes that mansion from that little stick house that you have. It's definitely way more than enough, abundantly more than you could hope or dream. So again, faith is the activator, the catalyst that makes all things possible. Amen. You know, with faith, mercy, and grace, and again, faith, a deep trust and commitment to Jesus, mercy, even though we are not worthy, even though we are worthy of judgment, we're forgiven, and then grace, an unearned gift. When you look at these three in conjunction with Sarah's life and Abraham's life, they all just come to bear. Again, big view of the whole picture. With that being said right there, you know, again, imperfect husband, an imperfect mother, an imperfect faith, but the reality of it is she served a God that had a gloriously perfect and graceful Savior that was a promise keeper. So that promise that was made early on just to Abraham and then later in the chapters to her was definitely fulfilled. So with that being said, obviously, um, I would uh, ask that you uh, let any errors on what you saw today be on me and not on him. <laughs> but uh, I just definitely jumped out there and, and obeyed the calling to, to, to stand up. And kind of like the scripture to go says, um, he said, go and I went. And I didn't even know where I'm going. <laughs> so with that being said, mothers, I want to really give you one more thing as I'm leaving. Just an, another push and say this is a day of celebration. Amen. No matter what your scenario and background is, you don't have to be perfect. Amen. The mother of our faith wasn't perfect. She didn't have a perfect husband. She didn't have a perfect family. She didn't have a perfect mother. And at times, her faith was a little questionable and shaky. There's room for you. You don't have to be perfect. So this is a message of hope. Yes, if you can lean on God's grace, then you can make it. Amen. Thank you. An imperfect mother. Faith is the activator. Show you right. Faith is the activator. Let your soul glow. <laughs> Faith is the activator. That was awesome. G. Lance Larry.